When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is this the Fed's pivot? Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. It's Wednesday, November 30, 2022. I'm Ash Bennington. I'm joined today by Dave Lauer, CEO of Urban Finance. Before we get started, a quick reminder, our live chat function on the Real Vision site is temporarily disabled. So please drop your questions in the comments section on the RV website, in the live chat on YouTube, or tweet us at our Twitter handle, at Real Vision. Dave, monumentous day. We should just jump in and give a little bit of a summary, I guess. Uh, obviously, it's a big day in markets. Chair Powell signaling rate hikes can uh, that that the rate slow the rate of slowdown of hikes can begin as soon as December. That's December 13 to 14. That's when the next Fed meeting uh, is. U.S. equity markets are zooming. Let's take a quick look here. Uh, looks like the Nasdaq bouncing around still a little bit here at the close, uh, but 11,465 still moving on my screen. It's up nearly four and a half percent on the day. Uh, S&P 500 uh, over 4,078 uh, right now, up about 3% on the day. Dow Jones Industrial Average up about 2%. Uh, so Dave, how do you contextualize this? How do you think about this? Obviously, Fed signaling uh, that the rate of increase may be slowing down. Uh, give us some context. Tell us how you think about this big picture. Sure, Ash, and thanks for having me on. You know, I, I think that uh, markets are having a really clear reaction to to you know the the, the press conference and the the discussion um, and so you know clearly they think that uh, the Fed is going to moderate its rate increases and they're rallying based on that. You see the dollar uh, selling off. At least I checked against euro and and CAD. Um, so you know it's. It's clear they think things are about to slow down. It, you know, the the market seems very optimistic right now in all sorts of ways, right? It, it's almost flat on the year, um, and it's been a hell of a year, so, you know, from from the S and P's perspective at least. So, you know, the the question really is going to be, uh, you know, how does the Fed interpret inflation numbers going forward, going into sort of uh, the spring? Do they react to to the data? Does the data uh, start to show uh, significant deflation or disinflation, uh, which I, I think it will. And and so if that pushes them to start, uh, you know, halting rate increases come early next year, I think that would be really good for markets. Um, if they maybe even, you know, I think if you look at what market expectations are, the market expects rate cuts to start uh, in about a year next November. Um, and, you know, I think all of this would be pretty bullish for markets and, you know, could mean that the Fed kind of nails this soft landing um, versus, you know, the hard landing if they continue to kind of push hard on rate hikes. Yeah, we should also say DXY dollar index below 106 here, 105 spot 89 on my screen uh, off. It looks like about 1% down about 1% on the day. Uh, yeah. So Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just, you know, a good indication of what the market is thinking in terms of relative interest rates to other countries. And, you know, the fact that Powell is, you know, maybe pulling off the table a 75 basis hike and, and the market's now pricing in a 50 basis hike 
basis point hike for uh, the you know the meeting in two weeks and maybe even uh, more slowdown coming into you know winter, the early next year. You know I, I think that's all good for markets. Uh, so Dave, let me make the pessimistic case. I want to read from uh, Chair Powell's speech today. I watched this speech and uh, reading the uh, readout here. Uh, I think there's some reason to be concerned. Take a listen to this. So monetary policy affects the economy and inflation with uncertain lags. We know that. And the full effects of our rapid tightening so far are yet to be felt. Uh, so more gloom coming in terms of the uh, impact of growth and also the other side of the dual mandate uh, in terms of the labor markets. Thus, it makes sense to moderate the pace of our rate increase as we approach the level of restraint that will be sufficient to bring inflation down. The time for moderating the pace of rate increase may come as soon as the December meeting. So reiterating what I said here at the top of the show. Uh, but look, take a listen to this. As our last post-meeting statement indicates, we anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. It seems to me likely that the ultimate level of rates will need to be somewhat higher than thought at the time of the September meeting and the summary of economic projections. I will return to policy at the end of my comments. So he's essentially saying here, uh, and, and he goes on to say, it will take substantially more evidence to give comfort to give comfort that inflation is actually declining by any standard, and this is really the this is really the, uh, the 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 thing to zoom in on here. By any standard, inflation remains much too high. So okay, we've got rates uh, that uh, rate rate hike path that needs to be moderated uh, because of some of the grim news that we're seeing uh, in terms of growth, uh, and yet simultaneously, inflation's still too high, and the terminal rate may need to rise. I mean, that sounds to me like trouble on both sides of the dual mandate. Obviously, we see this rise in U.S. equity markets today uh, on the news that uh, that the inflation, that the rate hike path may be slowing. Uh, yet nonetheless, Dave, sounds like some trouble in the economy more broadly. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's it's funny if you look at the reactions to Powell today, uh, you, you see as almost as many people uh, coming away saying, wow, what a dovish, uh, you know, statement and, and, and answers to questions versus, you know, as many people saying, boy, that was more hawkish than we thought. And, and you know, the truth is probably that he really didn't say much. Um, but I, you know, from what you read, I it something that has been concerning me, and something that I'm glad he acknowledged is this idea that what they've done uh, has a lagged impact, and that we haven't actually seen the impact of it. Um, and that's sort of the problem with economics broadly, and and trying to control it in this way is is you're you're doing something at a point in time, and then you're trying to figure out how is that going to ripple through and across the economy. Right. Um, and you know, yeah, in, inflation core PCE right now is high. I, I think around six percent, which is you know way too high for what Powell wants to see. And and I think there's a lot of sort of PTSD. Uh, from the 70s and, you know, the, the reaction that was required in the 80s uh, and by Volcker in order to, to get inflation under control. And, you know, they're trying to avoid a repeat of that. Now, the question really is going to be, do we see PCE drop significantly? Do we see inflation drop significantly? That, that's just, that's the big question. And, you know, and will they be reactive enough to the data? So, you know, on one side of the mandate, employment is looking extremely strong. And, and part of that is problematic for the other side of the mandate, obviously, which is uh, to control inflation. Um, and then he sees markets rally like this and, you know, it leaves him even more concerned uh, that the wealth effect of the market rally can, can also generate some inflation. So, you know, I think what, one thing that we are seeing is that we're seeing, you know, spot rents declining significantly. We're seeing a lot of the supply chain issues moderate that, that were contributing to inflation in the first 
part. You know, I, I really think from what I've seen and, and from the, the, the people that I respect who I follow, I, I really think we're seeing that inflation curve turn over. Um, and, you know, it's going to take some time. I, I do think, you know, the markets will breathe a huge sigh of relief if they get a 50 basis point hike rather than 75. And if, you know, the, the Fed really focuses on that, that data-driven approach um, and, and we start to see inflation numbers continue to moderate, you know, if we don't see that, obviously, we're, it's going to be a different ballgame. But, you know, it does feel like coming into the spring, we're going to see a real significant um, deflationary or disinflationary effects, especially coming out of, you know, rent and, um, and housing values uh, because of the lagged effects of these interest rate hikes. So talk a little bit about those lags. Obviously, those lags uh, are a challenge for the central banks around the world, Chair Powell pointing to them uh, in today's speech. Talk a little bit about how those lags work and why they can be problematic for policymakers. Yeah, you know, it, it, it just takes time, right? It takes time for something like, you know, controlling the Fed funds rate to filter through into mortgage rates, to filter through into a, you know, a, a housing market that has been so frothy for so long, you know, it's just human behavior. It's, it's right. sort of, when you start to study behavioral economics, you start to see all these cognitive biases that uh, are, are having these, these effects where, you know, so, okay, I wanted to go sell my house. Um, now that interest rates are higher, it means that if I get, if I want to get the price that other houses went for that were similar, other comps in my market, you know, it's it's going to be 50% more to service that mortgage. And so people right. aren't willing to pay that. But I'm not willing to drop my price just yet. It's going to take time. It's going to take pain. It's going to take urgency. Um, and so, you know, you, you've, you've started to see um, housing prices turn, but you haven't, you haven't seen them crash yet. Um, and, you know, hopefully we won't see them crash, but, we, you know, they do need to drop significantly um, in order to, to realign you know, the, the, the cost service of mortgage with where it was before. Um, and so, you know, that kind of thing, it, it just takes time. And then it, it takes time for businesses to adjust to, you know, they don't have such easy access to debt anymore, so they can't grow as fast. You're starting to see a lot of layoffs uh, as people, you know, firms hunker down, you know, all of this. And, and when people get laid off, you know, they get some level of unemployment, so their spending doesn't drop right away. Again, all of these are lagged effects that just simply take time to filter through. And then, you know, the, the other side of it is inflation. There were all sorts of causes of inflation, but certainly some of the, the, the biggest ones were supply chain disruptions and COVID. And of course, that all of that is moderating as well. But, you know, these things take time. Shipping containers don't just, you know, automatically fall off the boat into uh, into the port, you know, you've got to start to work through your backlog there. And, and so, you know, I think that everything that we're looking at is, you know, it takes months and months to, to, to normalize the system. And we're in that process now. And, and it might not, you know, it, it's easy to not feel that way when you look at the numbers and they're almost as bad as they've ever been. You know, certainly for the last couple of months, inflation numbers have been so bad, uh, but improving just slightly. And so you start to see those slight improvements and maybe you hang your hat on, okay, this is a trend. I can kind of piece it together. And now we're going to see, you know, I, I mean, I, I think a, a few people think the core PCE will hit a two handle by uh, next year, even if there isn't a recession. Um, and, you know, were we to be in that situation where we dodged a recession and we've gotten inflation back to around 2%, 
you know, man, that would be just something for the record books, uh, you know, if, if, if the optimist in me is right. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, it sure would. I don't believe uh, that core PCE or inflation of any metric has ever fallen uh, that rapidly before. But as you say, we're in unprecedented uh, times. Dave, one thing that doesn't operate at lags that does happen right away uh, is traders over at the CME. This is Chicago Mercantile Exchange uh, trading three month euro dollar futures. Uh, these are options on interest rates, essentially, uh, if you're trying to get a proxy for this. I'm looking right now at my Bloomberg terminal here. Uh, at the uh, WERP function. It looks like an implied rate delta for 12.14. That's the next meeting, uh, December 14, of uh, about 52 basis points. That's coming in, uh, meeting that traders are pricing in actively uh, this information and trying to moderate their call uh, for when the next Fed hike might be. By the way, if you don't have a Bloomberg terminal and you'd like to get some rough proxy of this, uh, you can go up to the Atlanta Fed's website. They have a market probability tracker uh, that will give you some indication of the direction uh, that traders uh, on these uh, on these euro dollar futures think that rates are going. Um, Dave, does that sound about right to you, a 52-point uh, delta from where we are today, basically pricing in pretty close to two uh, 225 basis point hikes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, given what he said today and, and given, you know, the fact that we're starting to see inflation roll over and we're starting to see some some really sort of leading indicators, like I said, especially around rents, um, you know, the, I, I think owner equivalent rent was just a huge contributor to inflation. Um, and we're, you know, now we're starting to see that that could be a real contributor to disinflation. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the market is going to change its expectations. And what you've seen in that shift is, you know, the, the expectations dropping to 50 basis points and the market rallying, you know, three and four and a half percent, depending on what index you're looking at. So, right. um, you know, I, I, I think that that, and, and, and honestly, just from a being, being a prudent approach to economics, you know, do do the 50 basis point hike. You get your hike in at the end of the year. You've gotten, you know, the Fed rate up to close to where, you know, a lot of people think it should be, which is somewhere, you know, won't quite be to 5%, but, you know, it's, that's probably sort of close to the terminal value, uh, 5%, which is where you want to get to. Um, and then expect that even, you know, towards the end of next year, you'll, you'll start to see some rate cuts um, as, you know, if things really do slow down, as these lagged effects uh, start to filter through sort of into middle of next year, you know, you don't want to see the economy slow down into a recession. So you might end up having more stimulus at that point. Hey, Dave, since you point out, depending upon what index you're looking at, let's break down SPX by GIX. This is the sector breakdown of what's happening in the SPX. And there's a lot of delta here. Uh, information technology, clearly the leader on the day, up 5.03%. Uh, communication services up nearly 5% for spot 9.2%. Uh, you know, and as you just kind of come down to the the laggard of the day, which is energy up about fifty basis points. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, and and you see it, uh, even just at, at a high level, you know, the Nasdaq relative to the S and P, like there is a clear growth right. in tech rally here, uh, and defensive sectors are 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 not participating as much. So, 
um, you know, that it's an, it's interesting to see, um, you know, it, it very much feels like a risk on rally. Um, and, you know, the, the question is going to be, is, is this something that's just kind of a knee jerk reaction, which, you know, you can often see, and then the next day you're going to see a complete retracement. Um, and, and does the market resume sort of its defensiveness um, and, you know, still have concerns about a hard versus soft landing? You know, I, today looks like the market is saying he might pull off the soft landing. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the market's going to say tomorrow. Dave, this rally has really brought out the optimist in you. It has. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny because I was pretty pessimistic for most of this year. Um, and, you know, it feels like the worst has not happened. I mean, inflation has been a horrible force, but from a market's perspective, um, you know, I, I was definitely, and, and I hate to admit it, but you know, I will own up to it. I was very much a team transitory on the inflation side of things. Um, and, you know, that clearly has not been uh, correct um, in terms of, you know, the the magnitude of the, the decline in inflation, but, Overall, I still think, you know, my, my, I, 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 I lean towards that side of it, which is inflation is really going to be coming off pretty quickly now. Um, and so, you know, the, the danger to me now is that the Fed overreacts on the hikes versus underreacts. Uh, by the way, for people who are following this on the ETF side, XLK, this is the select sector spider for technology out of State Street Global Advisors, up on the day uh, 4%. I want to flip the script here uh, a little bit and talk about some pessimistic sentiment. Uh, this is, comes to us from a conversation between Andreas Steno Larson and Andy Constant. Uh, in this, the title of this show on Real Vision, which I believe is uh, out earlier last week, is Is It Just Another False Dawn? Let's take a look at that clip. I think the most important thing to recognize is that the transmission mechanism for uh, rate hikes in the U.S. is um, very different than it was decades ago and very different, different than it is in versus other countries. Um, rate hikes affect consumption because they may make cash look attractive relative to using it and spending it for goods. Um, but they also make leverage more expensive. Um, but the U.S. Uh, homeowner, you know, the marginal homeowner that has to relocate um, is faced with high mortgage rates. But the holders of mortgages on existing homes, you know, they're flush. They have interest rates that are, you know, less than 3% in some cases. And those aren't going up for 30 years. So um, that transmit mission mechanism in the U.S. is just difficult. And so you have to use the wealth effect. That's your only other lever. And that means that um, negative reinforcement whenever asset prices go up. And we've seen, a, you know, both equities and bonds, but in particular bonds, gold, other assets, all spike since the Fed. And that's not what they want. Um, Regardless of your, you know, your opinion of the div the divisiveness within the Fed, none of them want an asset an asset rally. Um, so I expect they'll correct that at some point in time, unless the numbers just magically fall. And I don't think they can magically fall without jobs magically falling. I just. 
I just want to double click on something Andy Constant said there, Dave, because it really is uh, very much congruent with the points that we were making. Quote, the transmission mechanism in the U.S. is just difficult. And so you have to use the wealth effects. That's your only other lever. Regardless of your opinion of the divisiveness within the Fed, none of them wants an asset rally. You know, and here we are looking at a, looking at this jump uh, on NASDAQ of uh, over uh, just about four and a half percent on the day as the numbers have settled down. Yeah, and you know, kind of uh, what I what I had mentioned before. The, I, I agree. I, I don't think the Fed wants to see markets rally. I don't, I don't know that they pay a ton of attention to sort of these short term gyrations. And you know, I, I do think there's the the other side of the wealth effect, which is even though you know people might not be uh, forced to buy or sell their home, um, or or you know might be refinancing, they're they're still going to see home price declines, right? There, there's no way around that. And, and they're going to feel, they're, they're going to know that their home is not worth what they thought it was last year or the year before. Um, so, you know, I, I think the wealth effect through that sort of transmission mechanism, I, I, I wouldn't just dismiss it out of hand. Um, and I think, you know, when you think about inflation, right, the standard inflation equation is just in, inflation is whatever inflation expectations are for the next period. Um, and so, you know, when, when you see uh, prices start to decline and then you, you see, uh, you know, when it starts with housing prices, when the market for housing really starts to come off, um, I, you know, I think the, the emotional impact of that is going to be really significant because the emotional impact of rising housing prices was so significant in the U.S. and, and in other places. So, um, you know, to me, I, I don't know that a, a a couple of days or a week of a market rally is going to influence Fed policy in the same way that you know these consistent numbers and, and economic readings that are coming in will. So I, I, I'm not as concerned. But again, you know, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. We how many times have we seen the market rally like crazy on you know some bits and pieces from a Fed statement, uh, only to to retrace the entirety of it the next day. So. Um, you know, I, I think we'll just have to see in, in two weeks what, what the Fed really comes out with. I think this will probably be one of the most watched statements from the Fed in a long time, um, you know, knowing that the pivot might be here. And if it is trying to discern, you know, what is it that they're looking for and what is it that they're afraid of? Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of traders are going to be trying to forecast those things out. Um, and, you know, there's a huge opportunity here. Um, as markets are becoming more volatile and trying to digest this information. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Uh, yeah, you know, talking of which, I'm looking at our viewer questions here. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of uh, interesting views and some opinions baked into these questions. I'm just going to start throwing them out to you, Dave, to get your view. Uh, this comes to us from Fred Croft on YouTube. Since this even isn't a pivot, and it's not, do we think that the market's pricing longer-term bonds appropriately? Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, well, look, the, the market is it prices, right? Like, 
you know, if you're questioning the, whether the market's doing it appropriately, um, you know, the market has a has something to tell you. I, you know, I, I I just think that um, a lot of people, a lot of really top economists, a lot of brilliant economists, um, have been pushing for a while now that the Fed should not overreact, and that the one of the you know that we're the danger. You know, for a while, the danger was under reaction, and that's what they did, and that was why we found ourselves for, you, for years. Part in, yeah, in this situation, right? A lot of look, I you know, I'm not trying to get political here, but you know, it, inflation right now is you know 90% Fed and maybe 10% um, you know mon uh, fiscal policy, right? To me, this is all the the impact of monetary policy, um, and you know, so they they underreacted for too long. Um, and that was the risk coming into this year, and that's where inflation crept in. And, and so now I think a lot of economists are concerned on the other side that they're not paying enough attention to the lagged effects and that they're in danger of overreacting into you know, what is proving to be a strong and resilient economy. You know, Say what you will about global economies, but the U.S. economy has just weathered this in an incredibly... Uh, resilient way, uh, to me, almost a shockingly resilient way. When you look at, you know, continued GDP growth, the GDP number was really, uh, what was it, like 2.9% today. Um, that was a, a, a very, you know, in, in line with expectations, but a, a pretty impressive number considering we were at negative GDP prints before that. Um, and, you know, the, the job two, two market- consecutive quarters, in fact, of negative GDP, uh, of negative GDP growth or contraction. Right. And, and, you know, and, and so now we're seeing an, an GDP growth, an increase in the face of Fed hikes, which is, you know, unusual, but it also goes to show you that those negative prints were, were not, you know, look, I, I, I have not been in the camp that those negative prints meant a recession. I, I think there are lots of other indicators uh, that show that we have not been in a recession, you know, and if we were, this was the first recession in which unemployment was at this level. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I, I think, an astonishingly resilient economy. So, you know, I, I, I think it, because of the resilience of the economy and the, con and the American consumer, um, what we have seen is that it, it, we have been better able to weather these hikes. And so now the question is going to become, you know, can they moderate in the right way? Does inflation really turn over? Um, and if so, you know, then again, like we we could be in that Goldilocks zone, but you know, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, and yet we have uh, job openings declining on the Jolts report. Uh, so lots of uh, different variables moving in different directions. Here's a question from Abir, uh, who seems to have decided that this is a pivot. I don't know, maybe I'm reading that wrong. Uh, quote, so the market decided that Powell was dovish. Uh, can he do a U-turn at the next FOMC? Uh, and does he realize... He's almost erased all that he has done in terms of stock markets. <laughs> you know, I, I I think that's a very reasonable point. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that Powell wants to see markets where they're at, but I, I still, I really don't think that that's what he's focused on. I, I think, you know, the Fed is focused on inflation. It's focused on employment. You know, that's the dual mandate. It's focused on economic growth. Um, and, you know, I, I, I also think when you look at the general levels of inequality, you know, the, the wealth effect from markets is, you know, accrues so much more 
to the wealthiest in, in, you know, in society that, you know, it, it doesn't quite have that same widespread distribu distributive effect like it might have in the past. And so, you know, right now it's housing prices and rent levels and, and food prices are far more impactful to everyday people. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't feel like Powell's painted himself into a corner too much, but I do think that he, you know, were the Fed not, were, were the Fed to, to hike another 75 basis points, I think that would be, a, a, you know, a huge problem for markets. I think you'd see a real violent reaction um, if he doesn't follow through with the 50 basis points. I, th I think what he's done, though, is given himself maybe runway to continue with those 50 basis point hikes up to 5%, um, and then, you know, to see where to go from there mm. uh, with the potential to incorporate some information, you know, as it comes out, maybe inflation really does come off and he doesn't need to go all the way to 5%. Yeah, that's an interesting interpretation that does sort of split the difference of him uh, making those comments sort of on both sides of the dual mandate. Maybe that's the path forward, uh, a slower rate of increase, uh, but continuing for some time to come. Uh, Dave, I know we've covered a lot of ground here today. We're uh, just about out of time. Uh, give us your quick key takeaways, final thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with, obviously an eventful day. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been a fascinating day, day to watch, you know, as you know, kind of kind of why you come into markets for a day like this, uh, new information comes out, everyone's trying to digest it, understand what's going on. Um, you know, I, I, I think that I'm turning more optimistic. I think I, you know, there is a soft landing in sight. I, I don't know if they'll pull it off. If they do, as, as we were saying, you know, it, it would be, you know, one of the more historically impressive monetary performances, uh, you know, that, that anyone has seen. Um, and coming out of sort of the ZERP years, it, it's even more impressive. I, you know, I, I see plenty of bears out there who, you know, including, you know, Michael Burry, who, who had tweeted something earlier today about there's no path out of this and we are in for a multi-year recession. I mean, I guess that's one way of looking at it. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think the U.S. economy has been so resilient uh, that it, it seems less likely to me. And, you know, I, I think hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see the glass half full and, and we'll see, uh, you know, the, the Fed moderate and we'll see inflation come off. So, you know, it's, it's a fun time to be in markets, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that you should mention the bear case. I'm looking at the YouTube comments scrolling by, and I just saw someone type soft landing JFC. So there are definitely people out there who are very skeptical about the soft landing uh, scenario. Uh, but, you know, important, I think, to point out the the Bury call and some others who have been uh, more uh, more bearish in this market. OK, Abe, I'll give you my takeaways. Uh, pretty easy uh, conversation to do today. What are the key takeaways? Well, the takeaways are uh, that Jay Powell has just signaled that the rate of increase uh, is going to slow as soon as December. But he's also told you effectively that uh, we have trouble on both sides of the dual mandate. Inflation right now uh, is still far too high. Uh, there are signs uh, that it go is going to continue to stay too high, according to Chair Powell's interpretation of the analysis. And yet simultaneously, uh, clearly he sees the risk of recession uh, rising. He sees the risk uh, of challenges on the uh, on the on the employment front uh, being problematic, and hence uh, we get exactly where we are today, uh, which is this sort of uh, this weird sort of uh, almost schizophrenic view of what's happening in the world. Dave, thanks so much. This was a great conversation. Hope you'll join us again. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks again to everyone for watching. Uh, Real Vision Daily Briefing. Weston Nakamura is back tomorrow with Daniel Lacal. See you then. Have a great afternoon, everybody.
What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.